you have a desired behavior, find a place where that desired behavior is a normal behavior. Yeah. Like, ch- change is hard. Like, uh, what is it? Force, force change is hard. Force change is maybe the wrong word. No, let's go with force change. I am here. I want to get there. That's force change. Yeah. You have to actively do something. Mm-hmm. That is hard. That is difficult. Like we are creatures of habit. We, mm-hmm. we like our routine. We like our cycles. We like doing the same shit every day. Yeah. Um, most of us. Um, this is Simon who ate the same breakfast every day at school for hey. six years. So that broke. That fix it. <laughs> and in this moment, I swear, we are infinite. Let's do this. Come on, mounting. Damn hot for a penguin to be just walking around. Three, two, one, eagle. Are these two doctors? I'm afraid so. Mr. Simon Cooper, welcome back to week eight of the Versus Performance Podcast, season two. Hello. It is a beautiful Thursday morning. A bit grey outside, but that's okay. Promise of uh, hey, hey. warm weather on the way. Doesn't matter if it's warm or if it's cold or if it's grey or if it's blue or orange. It's just, it's a good day. Every day. The day, day is day. what you make it. <laughs> All I know is that the weather is ever changing. Much that like is, today's topic. You know what? The first thing, one, one of the first things that Sally said to me today, the, we- the weather's are changing. <laughs> It does that. <laughs> she also Inherently, said the weather changes. She also said changes afoot. Changes afoot. Did she actually say that? Or did you... She did. She's uh... love that. Yeah. So today's topic, uh, as you may have guessed by our little bit of banter that we started with, <laughs> is change. More specifically, oh. the power of change, which, oh. as we know, is Simon Cooper's mainstay. It's his. Uh, it's his realm. It's his. If there was a cave labeled the, the, the change cave or the, the cave of change, that's where you'd live. Sure. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be standing out the front waving, waving as people pass by. <laughs> I want to start with a quote. Okay. Which, obviously, unlike me, but this is my favorite quote to do with change uh, and to do with impermanence, which is a topic we're going to get into at some point. Um, if you let me talk. Uh, which is unlikely because this is your topic and this is the thing you love talking about, change. But here's the quote. Are you ready? Ready. Are you sitting down? I am. Have you exhaled so that you're ready to hear it all? All right. So a man does not stand in the same river twice for he is not the same man and it is not the same river. Discuss. Good. (laughs) I think Alton John said that. Probably. Sounds like something you'd say. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Uh, I like that a lot. Change is um, the a only foot? constant. Change is a oh, foot. That's, that's a quote followed up with a quote. I know. It's a quote within How a many do you reckon we could get in a row? <laughs> let's, uh, let's max it Bob out. Dylan, Bob Dylan once said, times they are changing. <laughs> what else you got? I've got, I've got nothing. Let's just let's leave it at bottom. I've just interrupted was, you again. And... I know you keep you keep doing this. 
Uh, well, you need to be like ready to respond to whatever changes I throw at you throughout this podcast. I need to be adaptive. That's the. Do if you could, if everyone could walk away from this conversation with one thing, just be adaptive. Uh, Go stand in the river. Yeah, no, I do like. I do really like that quote. Um, yeah, change is change is constant. We're surrounded by it um, in the modern day as well. It is accelerating. <laughs> I think, like the advent of uh, technology and the way that we are living. Um, means that we need to be more adaptive than ever in, in how we approach things. If we look at, I guess, human history and we look at change happens, but maybe albeit slowly, but the last 20 years, it has happened at a, the technical technological advancement and the advancement in, in our, in our scientific community has happened at an alarming rate, mm. maybe not an alarming rate, but at a, an expedient rate. And it's, meant we've had to almost react to everything whereas you know previous generations it took 20 30 years for a new uh, technology to take um take over whereas now you know yeah instagram facebook uh you know the social media side of things like the iphone these different things have come in and taken over the world so quickly that it's almost like we don't necessarily have the same capacity to absorb and, um, you know, use them the right way. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. Like 10,000 years ago, we had agricultural uh, like advancements in technology, which took thousands of years for us to implement. And now mm-hmm. all of a sudden the curve is just gone like skyrocketed. Yeah, well, and like the industrial age took decades and yeah. now the technological age took a year, a couple of years for, yeah. for things to really take on. And I think we're seeing that at the moment with, um, with social media, right? Like it was, mm. it's such a brilliant tool to bring people together and to connect. And, and now we're seeing what negative impact it can have, not only on individuals, but on like a, the mob mentality. I've got a frozen lock on. Just the way we, oh, love that. Go again. Am you I froze on, you froze on me. Yep. Go. Um, <clears throat> which, which bit did I stop talking at? Uh, mob, mob mentality. Oh, so the mob mentality, but like social media now tells us, effectively tells us how to think and what to think. Mm. And yep. we need to get to a point where it's a tool uh, rather than it being a, almost a, I don't know what we're looking for, like a, a religion or a, a doctrine that we have to follow. Um, yeah. You know, sure. it's like, I, just an example, like I was spending way too much time on Facebook. So I deleted it off my phone and I feel as though that's greatly increased my ability to think a little bit differently and to be a little less jaded around the things that are happening at the moment. But I go, Oh, well, am I, could I delete Instagram off my phone? And I'm like, I don't want to delete Instagram, but I, even if I did want to, I'll be like, it would be really difficult for me to. Mm. And part of me is like, uh, you know, the, the Virtus podcast we promote on Instagram, the yeah, Virtus sure. stuff we promote on Instagram. So there's the justification there, but really that's a change that I don't know if I'd be able to make at the moment because it's become such a big tool and such a big part of my life. Yeah. Um, yes. That's interesting. 
it's almost like the with the, all the technological advancements, including social media, that have happened to us, it's been imposed on us, and we've, as a uh, response, we've adopted these things, um, and they've become such integral parts of our lives all of a sudden. Uh, yeah. And that's kind of like what change is. It's something that is often, not all the time, often imposed on us and it happens very quickly um, and it challenges our ability to kind of like adapt and stay on our feet and integrate that into our own lives, whether that's, um, yeah, like social media has become such a big part of society now. Um, and, this, where, and this is the thing with change. It can, it can be both good and, it, sorry, it is neither good or bad it just is we decide whether it's good or bad so the social media change for example we can choose which parts of it we decide to lean into and we decide Mm -hmm. to commit to and we can decide which parts we go back out and want back Uh, same thing goes with any change we want to make in our lives there's going to be good and bad to it like we talk about change in the gym or in the health and, and performance space you need to give things up to change you need to either do something different um, or you need to remove something from your life. So, you know, that can be viewed as good or bad. Like I want to drink a few more beers, but I also want to lose weight. Well, you can't have both. You've got to decide which change you want to make. Um, and I, th- I think that's the important part to understand with change is that it's neither good or bad. You have to just decide what meaning you assign to it. Yeah. It's our perception of, of change. Um, it's going to happen one way or the other. You, you're never, yeah. you're never going to stand still. One of the things I talk about in my workshop is around. You're at a workshop. To, I do. Uh, <laughs> it's around how to view change as a a green light, as something to, um, it's see it as an opportunity, as something to move toward, rather than, and respond rather than react to it. So rather than seeing it as a as a red light to stop, put your hands up. Um, and just kind of be static. Uh, our perception of it needs to change to be okay. This is an opportunity to do something different, um, to make to make it better, rather than to uh, as rather than seeing it as a threat to our current state of being. Definitely, because because you know, I love the the term impermanence, and I think if we understand impermanence we almost, it, I think it changes our relationship with change um, mm-hmm. or it alters our relationship with change. Let's go with that. Like, and everything, good or bad, has a finite lifespan. Nothing, nothing lasts forever. Um, yeah. As much as, you know, we get into certain states of mind or we get into, you know, a certain rhythm or flow or, you know, we want it to last forever, it's not going to. You're going to be happy. You're going to be sad. You're going to be everything in between. You know, there's going to be fluctuations. There's going to be ups and downs. There's, you know, the the importance of understanding impermanence means that if we can go, okay, well, I know inherently that's going to happen. I can take a, a step back when things are really bad. I can take a step back and, and have some perspective of, okay, this is such a small part of my life. Yeah, Things are going to change for the better. It might take a week. It might take a month. It might take six months. It might take 12 months. But, no feeling is final. That you know, we know. I love that quote, but the we just need to keep going. Um, yeah. And whether whether it's good or bad, that's the perception we put on it. But then the perspective to go, you know, 
this good time, like this is great, but it's not going to last forever. And this bad time or this tough time, this is great. It's not going to last forever. What can I learn from it? How can I use it for the next, next stage of my life? This too shall pass. Oh, put that on a t-shirt. That got me through a marathon. Just that written on my arm. Good. Yeah. It's so true. Like four hours of my life. So yeah. Um, and a lot of the time, like the, the perspective or the perception of change, uh, like let's say the given or the current state of things in Australia or Victoria or the world, <laughs> but in Victoria, like the, we have restrictions in place for, for, to control the um, COVID pandemic and it sucks and it's change that's been imposed upon us, but it will pass. And there's still things within our control that we can, uh, that we can influence and make better. Um, just focusing on things like our, our habits or our own personal health and wellbeing will help us get through this, this time of uncertainty. And um... yeah. And it's fascinating language, like the get through this. Like, <sighs> yeah. We all, we almost, we, when things are tough, we can, almost try and distract ourselves from the now by worrying, wondering what the future will hold. And I think the, the benefit of understanding that changes are always, changes are constant and impermanences is is a thing that even if it's hard, let's learn to enjoy the suffering. Life is suffering, Simon. So if we, if we understand that life is suffering, let's learn how to suffer Better. Suffer gently, suffer greatly, <laughs> suffer better. I don't know what word I'm looking for, but yeah. I, don't know, I, lo- I, I think it's so important to take the good with the bad and, and be able to appreciate when things are hard. Yeah. Um, then you know, you're almost coming into every challenge that you try and overcome or every change that you try and make or any, mm. every change that is forced upon you with a, with a mindset of, well, I'm, you know, this ain't going to last forever. Uh, if it's great, I'm going to enjoy it. If it's bad, I'm going to enjoy it, but I'm going to learn either way. Yes. Um, why do you think ch- change is the only constant? It's the only thing that is guaranteed in, in mm-hmm. the, the way in our lives. Why do you think there's such a, an adversity or a, a, an aversion, an aversion to change? I think it's probably the, I think it's the uncertainty part or the uh, like, let's call it the comfort zone or so like the lack of control. Yeah. Lack of control. And I think like change means that there's um, the, the system, our either internal system or external system is shifting, which puts us in unfamiliar territory. Uh, either, like, let's say, let's give an example. Let's say that um, I, want to, I want to create change in my life uh, in my health. Let's say that I'm not happy where I am now and I want to change something. Uh, where I am now is comfortable, but I'm not happy. Like, let's say I want to lose weight. That, uh, that dissatisfaction that comes from that will drive me to change something. But that change that I initiate will put me in a position where I maybe am unfamiliar with 
uh, what to do to lose weight or it will mean that I have to do hard work, which maybe I'm unfamiliar with. So it's, it's exposing yourself to, it's exposing yourself to a stimulus (laughs) that you're not used to. Right. Yes. Um, Yeah. It's just stress response. Uh, It's just not just adaptation, general adaptation syndrome in a nutshell. Yeah. There's a, there's a, uh, a model of change that, um, that I want to touch on quickly by Scott and Jaffel. Um, oh. And it's often used in an organizational context, but I think it's like super relevant in a, in an individual or personal context as well. But the, the first kind of response to change that's externally imposed on us is to deny it. Um, like we don't want to accept that it's happening. Then we, we start to resist against it. Um, and we kind of bring the focus into ourselves and we start to think, oh, okay, like it's happening. I've kind of accepted that it's <laughs> happening, but I don't want it to happen. <laughs> and then we, once we, once we've kind of gotten through the resistance part, we start to explore the change a little bit and see, okay, uh, let's see what this change is. Like, let's see what the what influence I can have over the environment and where I'm kind of going. And then you can commit to a chat, commit to the change. You so so it's effectively like the stages of grief, like which most yeah, people would totally. understand. It's this, it's the same thing. It's it's you know pushing against it, accepting it, and then going, okay, what can we do with it? Yes. Do you, do you think the the people who are I don't want to say necessarily higher capacity individuals, but I'm going to say that anyway. The higher capacity individuals are the ones that are able to get from point point step one to step five quicker and with less friction and yep. with more almost like excitement and, uh, yeah. And acceptance. I think a big part of that is having a growth mindset. And we've spoken about it before Carol Dweck's book mindset. Uh, but having a growth mindset is understanding that things aren't static. <laughs> Isn't there somewhere? I think, I think that was it. Book right there. Yeah, not. Um, Yes. Understanding that things aren't static and knowing everything's fluid. It's all malleable. Yeah. And that there is growth to be made. Um, And those individuals will be more resilient to, to change to adversity. Um, When they're exposed to things that they're unfamiliar with, then they'll step into that and think of it as an opportunity to learn rather than shift away from it and have the, uh, the impression that, change is bad and I don't want to learn from it. I don't, I just, I'm just happy the way things are the status quo. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think like personally I go, okay, well, uh, what is the worst thing I could imagine for myself from a transformational developmental perspective? And it's to be the same version of myself that I am now in three years or five years or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Um, why do you think so many people almost want to stay the same is it because it's is it the comfort thing is it the adversity to challenge is it the the safety almost the safety component of it yeah it's human nature to want to be better um but we see so many people either fall down in that pursuit or don't begin the pursuit in the first place yeah, I think definitely like the safety element is a big part of it. 
yep. people are comfortable with what they know. Um, like uh, physiologically, we err towards safety. Like we um, move away well, from... Homeostasis is there for a reason. Yeah. And that's where we we want to live in homeostasis, right? So anything that challenges that is um, like physiologically, our system says, oh, that's bad. Let's move away from it. But in the pursuit of growth, in the pursuit of being better, we have to... Uh, expose ourselves to stimulus that forces to grow or adapt. Yeah, um, we yeah. see that in the gym, it, right? Definitely, definitely. And, you know, like it's almost like you know, I think we've talked about it a few times throughout this season, but it's almost going back to old mate Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs and going, okay, well, where are we currently placed in this hierarchy? Like, yeah. are our physiological needs being met? Do we have food and water, etc.? If we do, sweet. Are our safety needs being met do we do we have a roof over our head yes or no like do we feel like we're we're loved and do we feel like we belong yes great then you know the esteem needs do we are we feel positive do we feel like confident in our ability to do things if all of those are ticked off it's almost like all right sweet now we're open to change yes and it's once we once this then that like yep. the, we need to be at that place um, mentally, physically, physiologically, psychologically to be able to then go, all right, let's, let's grow our capacity in you know, our phys- physical capabilities or our mental capabilities or you know, in our career, whatever it may be. How can I self-actualize and grow the person I am? Definitely. Um, so, so potentially it's a, it's like the stages of change model. You could mix those in. Like, mm. are, are we re- are we ready to change, or are we, or are we still in pre contemplation, or are we, you know, in yeah, in a in a state where we we're kind of thinking about it, but we're kind of not ready. Um, yeah, and it's a it's a fluid. That's a fluid conversation because there's days where our belongingness isn't being met for for whatever mm. reason. There's days where we all we want to do is stick our head under the and under the doona and knock it out of bed. But I think the almost the the fallback or the um, the mindset we should shift towards is how can I move the needle today? Even if it's the tiniest little movement, how can I move my needle? Um, and how can I move forward and grow and, yeah. and change for the better? Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like nobody wants to, nobody wants their the lower levels of the pyramid to be challenged. Really, <laughs> like we we don't often willingly expose ourselves to change in those areas. Um. So yeah, and I guess it's easy for us to sit here and talk about self actualization where we have access to the internet and we got a oh, roof over the house and we we got a, you know, a family that loves loves us and where we're not talking from the finish line, but we're, we're talking from a place where those, you know, those first, those four blocks of needs are almost met uh, indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously we go through stages of, you know, of self doubt and of frustration, but ultimately we have the support networks around us. And most people listening to this podcast who you know, live in a, live in places where they have access to the internet and access to a phone that has a podcast app and access to YouTube and things like that. Mm. Most of us don't have 
a problem with the first couple of boxes. Um, but there's going to be times where we do. And it's almost like, it's almost like we take stock of what we've got. We try and help others up to that stage. Cause you know, the, the dream would be 7 billion people in the world all in the self-actualization phase going, how can we make our, our own world better, but then the world as a, as a collective, that's the dream. Yes. Yeah, totally. That's my dream. <laughs> it's a worthy dream. <laughs> where we're all in pursuit of of things that will make us better as a as a global community. <laughs> yeah, as individuals and as a collective, like how cool yeah. would that world be? Um, and I, and I think there's definitely pockets of that. Like there's pockets yeah. of affluence that you know the the physiological needs and the safety needs are kind of taken out of the question. There's always there's always uh, outliers and you know there's unfortunately there's bad things that happen in in places of of affluence but um you know i would like to think that the majority of world and there are bad people some people are just cunty but the majority of the world thing the the majority of the world want the best for themselves and their friends and their family and the people around so if we ignore the those other people for for a moment then all of our focus should be on that should be on how do we make what we have now better and you know the might be getting off track a little bit here but i i there's nothing that frustrates me more than like the back in my day things were so tough like the goal of the human race should be to make the next generation's life easier maybe not easier because maybe better support and them, yeah more support yeah than the one previous yeah like you know People shouldn't have to suffer because we suffer. Like our, our kids shouldn't have to suffer because we suffered or our same thing. Like the, I hate the millennial conversation or like the, um, the conversation around entitlement and things like that. We should want the future to be better for everyone that comes after us. Mm. And this is, this is change is like leveling up over and over and over and over again. As a society, we should want it for the people that follow. But to do that, we need to kind of almost focus in on what we can do and what we can actually act on and how we can change our lives for the better to then trickle down for the the people that come next. Yeah, I think the response to that argument is that the generations before need to um, pass on the responsibility to younger generations and yep. like teach them to uh, continue making the world better for their kids and their kids. Mm-hmm. Um, like the buck doesn't stop with, with that generation. <laughs> yeah. It just, it, it just keeps rolling forward and like the momentum needs Definitely. to keep building. Um, yeah. yeah. I get what you're saying. Um, yeah. Do you think, um, what do you think, come back to like the change conversation, what do you think the, uh, are there strategies that you think we can use to uh, foster and facilitate positive change? Let's say that the bottom levels of the pyramid are all being met, like yep. we're, we're safe, we feel a sense of belonging, but then we are looking kind of toward the edges of how we can improve. 
Who I ever? Let me just formulate an answer for a second. Um, yeah, I think the way I kind of look at it is if all of those things are being met, then it's around, okay, well, what do you want? How are you going to get there? What are the things you're going to do to to cultivate your potential effectively? Like that's that's change is, is moving from where you are now to where you want to be but almost like to the best possible version of yourself, which that, it's almost like that sentence is like a bit cringy, the best, be the best possible version of yourself. But yeah. it's, it's a, what's wrong with it? Like yeah. we all want to be the best possible version of ourselves. Like I do. why, why <laughs> do we choose to accept anything less? Yes. So there's like three, three steps to that. There's first of all, there's this self-awareness around what you actually want mm-hmm. and identifying learning about yourself and, and what makes you tick. And, you know, we've, we've all got different ways of doing that. Like, uh, like my personal uh, methods for doing that are daily journaling, daily meditation, you know, to, to find ways to get an insight into whatever the fuck goes on up here. Um, because yep. some of us still don't know. And that's two swears. So I apologize. Um, <laughs> hey, it's our podcast. We can say whatever the fuck we want. True. You're not wrong. Apologize if, if you're uh, anti swears. Sorry, mum. Um, so there's the self-awareness conversation. And then yeah. there's like the the plan or the day-to-day what you need to do to get to where you want to get to. Like if you know where you, what you want, great. That's part of it. Uh, you know, the, the adaptive change then is to do the things that you need to do to get there. Yep. Um, and it's almost like that's a reiteration. It's a, you know, reassess, reiterate, mm. reflect and you know, re redirect or recenter so that you're continually leveling up and moving forward. Yep. Um, I can't remember what the third thing I was going to say is. But a reflection well, then there's just, your... yeah, then there's the, the people in place um, conversation yeah. that comes into that. We spoke about it um, uh, massively last week in the community mm-hmm. and accountability one, yep. but I have no interest in doing good things by myself. Like, <laughs> there's nothing I want to do less. Most of my goals, which is, you know, we we're talking about goals today. And I'm like, I don't really have any personal goals. Like I do, but most of them are centered around other people and doing things as a unit or as a collective rather than doing things for myself. Um, and that's, that's not, you know, that's not completely altruistic. I like get a, get deep seated joy out of doing good things with other people. So yeah, there's a big selfish element to that too. So don't don't think for a second that I, um, you know, am completely uh, sacrificing myself because I'm not. It's it's all of us together. But the people and place thing is like once you know what you want, and it's it. These are fluid conversations. They're not. You figure out what you want, then yeah, you start yeah. doing it. Like you're yeah. always constantly reiterating and reflecting. But the you know, it comes back to the thing that I say, try and say a lot is like how good are good people doing good things together? Yeah. All I want to do is do good, good things with good people. Um, You know, whether it's us growing the community at the gym, whether it's a group of friends that gets together every now and again, whether it's connecting on, on things that we resonate with all life is, is that constant, uh, reiteration of, doing good things with good people. Um, so yeah, self-awareness, 
figure out which way you're going and start doing the things and you'll figure it out as you go. Yeah. I like it. Freaks me out that people don't do things they love to do. Like properly freaks me out. Yeah. Well, that's, and again, I'm saying that from a, I think most of those first four boxes of the pyramid mm. are met for me. Yeah. I mean, people sacrificing their best self, let's say, uh, for in exchange for like safety or security is, uh, a flawed argument, potentially. Maybe, like maybe not. But you can be, be understand it. Like, yeah, oh, you of know, course. people, like there's, people are, it's almost the conversation around, like the, it must be nice to have these things afforded to you already, or like you're lucky, you're so lucky. Um, and there's a, there's a completely acceptable, like relevant argument to that. But I'd almost challenge everyone on that, that, that feels that way about different things and say, yeah, but what's in your control? Your control isn't where your start starting point is. And we can t- talk about like, you know, birth lotteries and where we end up, where we grow up and what family we're born into. And like the fact of the matter is most people that are rich are born into rich families. Most people that are poor are born into poor families. Like, yeah, there's, there's a little bit of movement, but ultimately there isn't much. So the the question then is what are you going to do about it? And this is where the, for me, the self-actualization comes into it is it doesn't matter where your starting point is. It matters that you start and it matters that you go, okay, what is it that I really love to do? Or, yeah. Or what is it that that I am, you know, it's the Ikigai um, <laughs> conversation. It's like, yeah. what does the world need? What am I good at? Um, what do I love to do? What can make me money and help, you know, support the those needs that are part yeah. of the bottom of the pyramid? Uh-huh. What's the thing, which is the awareness piece? And then how yeah. do I keep doing that? that that's the, yeah. that, for me, that's the conversation. Um I don't want to argue over like the, the nuance of, you know, different um, things that don't really matter. Like we talk about it a, a fair bit in terms of like, mm-hmm. you know, people argue whether they're a front squat or a back squat's better for, you know, this sort of athletic yeah, development yeah. or, you know, who gives a fuck? Like it doesn't matter. It, what matters yeah. is that we're, we're learning and we're trying and we're, and we're really doing the things that set our soul on fire. Like just for a moment, like let's imagine if all of the energy people utilize to argue about the different pieces of dogma in, in their industry and like for a, we're in the fitness industry. So, and I was having this conversation with another coach, um, coach um, Benny yesterday. And we were just saying like, how good would it be if everyone stopped arguing over the stupid shit and actually helped the people that they yeah. are arguing for? Like it's almost that that vicious cycle. Whereas if we can get out of that vicious cycle and go, okay, well, awareness piece. What can we do? How can we help? How can we move it forward? That that's for me is change. That that is going. Okay, what change am I trying to make? What mm. needs to be done? Let's get to work. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. And whether you're looking for uh, big systemic change, like you know certain like all of us want to see in say politics or, or, or the world at the moment, we want to see big systemic change, but that starts by trickling down into, you know, local change and then family change and, yeah. and individual change. Like you want to change the world, totally. right? Make your bed. And then let's, let's take a step yes. forward from there. Yeah. Yeah. It starts with, it's the, yeah. It starts with you for sure. Um, there's another model for change 
uh, called ADCAR. And I think I might have talked about this in one, one of my workshops as well, or my coaching. But if, uh, uh, if you haven't seen Simon's Power of Change workshop, um, it will be up on our... Hmm. There's, a, there's a lecture that he, he did, which was exceptional, that will be up uh, for consumption. consumption? I'm just, I'm just <laughs> It'll be up for consumption very soon. So get around it. Uh, if you want it, reach out to Simon and they'll give him a little nudge to actually upload it. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. Um, it's um, it's very, very good. He won't say it, but it is. Yeah, um, pandering a little bit. All right, Adcar, go. Adcar. So there's a model called Adcar: uh, awareness, desire, knowledge, ability, reinforcement, and that Ooh. kind of reflects what like your little your framework. Um, like you need to have the awareness for the need to change. Like you, you have to uh, like have a, and then you have to have a desire to. to participate and support that change um and to drive it and then you need to know how to how to change like know how to create the the shift in the system and then the ability to do it like the the action plan and lastly reinforcement which is to sustain it over time um i think a lot of the trap people a lot of traps that people fall into is that they start doing the different behavior, the, the positive thing, but then they don't have the ability to sustain it over a period of time. They lose momentum or um, it starts to get hard. And that's yep. where the people and place come in, I think. Oh, yeah. That's where like, surrounding yourself with a community of people who will keep you accountable and, and pick you up when you fall down, that is crucial to uh, keeping that change rolling on. Yeah, we spoke. I think we spoke about it last week. But if you want to, if you have a desired behavior, find a place where that desired behavior is a normal behavior. Yeah, like, change change is hard. Like, uh, what is it? Force force change is hard. Force change is maybe the wrong word. No, let's go with force change. I am here. I want to get there. That's force change. Yeah. You have to actively do something. Mm-hmm. That is hard. That is difficult. Like we are creatures of habit. We. Mm-hmm. We like our routine. We like our cycles. We like doing the same shit every day. Yeah. Um, most of us. Um, this is Simon who ate the same breakfast every day at school for hey, six years. So don't broke. Don't fix it. it. <laughs> and and this is the thing. Like change is inherently hard. So we need something to kind of mobilize us. And sometimes that can be motivation, but then the thing that's going to keep us going, the thing that's going to sustain that change is people who want to see you succeed and that want to succeed themselves. Like no one's a, I've said said in the past, no one's a morning person until they start getting up early in the morning. Like no one's a, no one drinks a lot of water until they decide to start drinking a lot of water. Like no one's a runner until they decide to start running. Yes. Some people are more naturally, uh, built for certain things, but if you want to do something, do it. But if you want to be consistent, want to be committed, then find a group of people that are also wanting to be consistent, be committed and be consistent, be committed together. Yeah. So important. Yeah. And I think that like one of the first things we learn in terms of change is one of the first things we learn in PT school or <laughs> uni or like in terms of like motivational psychology behavior change is the yeah. trans theoretical model, which is just the stages of change. And it's, it's going, this is going like for us that 
This is first year. Uni. <laughs> yeah, this is this yeah. is like bare bones, simple stuff, but it can be forgotten sometimes. And you know, the, the stages are there's five stages. There's your pre-contemplation, which is like I have no interest in changing, which yeah. unfortunately is a, a big chunk of the population in different in different areas. Yeah, right? yeah. There's a contemplation stage, which is like, oh, maybe I want to change, but I'm not actually ready to do anything. Then there's like the preparation stage, which is like, you know, it's my contemplation might be I'm thinking about joining a gym. The preparation might be I'm going to call Virtus and go, hey, doing your research. That's helping. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then it's the action. It's like the actual going and showing up to the gym. Yeah, yeah. This is this is the hard part. Like the, you know, it's all hard. But the got moving from preparation to action is like the the hardest. It's like yes. taking the leap. It's taking the yeah. plunge and going. Okay, well, I'm ready to do the thing. Yeah. And then it's maintenance. The the doing it over and over and over again. And yeah. there's almost like like you can relapse um, at the maintenance phase or you can relapse at the action phase. Like how many of us have started a thing, done two weeks of it and then fallen off the wagon? Yeah. And the reason, you know, might be a bunch of different reasons. It might be not as important to us as we think. It might not be the right goal. It might not be, we might not have the support networks around us. We might not have the right reason for doing it, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, the maintenance phase is around going, how can I create, a habit of the thing that I want to do. Um, you know, like we both do certain things each day that almost, uh, that we talk about in the system success, but they're almost like frameworks to allowing us the capacity to move forward and to yep. grow and to evolve. Um, I know that if I do, like I've got three boxes on there tick each day. That's a, that's a win for me if I tick those. But funnily enough, when I do those things, I create momentum to want to do more things. Like I'll wake up in the morning, I'll be like bleary eyed and tired and I'll be like, fuck, I just want to press snooze 18 times like you did this morning. Yeah. And <laughs> I did it 16 times. So I was, it was all good. I was frazzled. That was so funny. Uh, just for a little sidebar, Cooper and I go for a walk. At the moment, we're going for a walk twice a week and Thursday morning, like I woke up this morning. He's like, "Oh, it's a bit, a bit wet." <laughs> I give a it was fuck. a bit wet. <laughs> he's like, oh, "I pressed news a couple of times. I'll, I'll be a bit late." I'm like, "No worries." And like, sometimes I do it. Sometimes he does it. But for the first ten minutes of the chat, he's like giving me donuts. He just didn't didn't want to borrow. He's like, "I don't want to be here. I'm tired." But once we got moving and we got going, like the the, the steps is one of my boxes to tick. Tick that off, and like that second half of our conversation, where like throwing ideas for work yeah. stuff like we're talking about high level stuff that wouldn't have happened if we didn't have the the commitment to doing the thing and the mornings where like if i if i if i had said yeah let's stay in bed this morning and you know and succumb to the rain succumb to the the precipitation that's currently you know dribbling outside then we wouldn't have got that thing done so we've almost like there's our accountability. There's our our people in place. Like we've got our we've got our route that we we're walking at the moment. Um, you know, sometimes we change one street, but it's not really changing much. But you know, we've got a like a reward halfway through where we get to hang out and chat with Charlotte, and we get to have a coffee. And mm. I have me my uh, apple and black currant juice, which I very much look forward to twice a week now. It's the little wins, right? But it's that's a, that's a good things. point, actually. Having like little incentives along the way, yeah. or little like celebrating the little wins and doing the things that make you smile, even though you're in the process, even though you're like your head down, getting stuck into the thing. Yeah. Celebrating those little things along the way just help. 
Yeah, but th- like this podcast each week has almost been a a celebration point. It's like a it's a chance for us to to talk about a specific topic. There's a chance yeah. to reflect with where we're at, what we're what we're doing, how we're feeling. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a part of the week that like I love now because one I like the sound of my own voice, which you know, who doesn't? Um, I like talking. I like the fact that some people, other people like us talking. So, you know, thanks for the validation, everyone. I appreciate it. (laughs) But more than anything, like podcasts, and this is what I've spoken about with the podcast in the past is, you know, did a hundred or so episodes of of season one, (laughs) as we called it. But I got past the, I'm doing this podcast for us to grow the awareness around Virtus and to grow the brand and to do all those kind of things. Selfishly, I just did the podcast because it gave me one to two hours where I would just sit in front of someone and ideally not across the computer, but mm. everyone, I think everyone before this was um, done face to face, but yeah, sit across from someone and have a genuine conversation without like this thing bugging me or um, for those listening at home, I picked up my phone and shook it. And without the interruptions of daily life, you actually have, have a conversation. You dive into things that you wouldn't normally have talked about. Yeah. Like, you know, we need to find these things in our lives that allow us to appreciate one, how far we've come, but also what, like the direction we want to head um, yes. and where we want, where we want to get to. So don't know how we got there. I've talking about the trans theoretical uh, model, but change is good. Do it. Yeah. Even when it's raining outside, <laughs> even especially when it's raining outside, do hard like, things. Well, this is this is it. Like we don't have to like the weather, but like whether it's raining or whether it's really hot or whether it's whether it's snowing or or windy, like just appreciate what it what is. And I think a big part of being okay with change is being okay with whatever the fuck life throws at you. It's having a level of like I hate use. I I don't hate using the word resilience, but it's just I feel like (laughs) it's like flavor of the month at the moment. But being resilient, like being uh, able to ba- able to bounce back from change or adversity, but also being able to sustain momentum through adversity, um, and just accepting that life is going to be tough sometimes, and that we're going to have we're going to be challenged with things, but knowing that or trying to accept that the hard times is when we learn, we have immense amounts of growth, and we'll get through the other end of it. Uh, in a better position than we were when we started. Oh, it's very good. It's a really, really good quote, but I can't remember what it is. It's something around like, I, I, I'm going to butcher it, but it's something around like the, upon reflection, we realized that the times that were the hardest were almost the most, we appreciate them the most. Yeah. 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 Um, is that like Shawshank the last, or something? Uh, I don't know. I am upset that I don't have the quote on me. Yeah. Um, Sorry. But, uh, it might be short. No, I don't think it's Shawshank. Anyway, the we know we know inherently know that we can all look back, and I'm not you know blowing smoke up your ass when I say this, but look back at the hardest times in your life and think of like how good they were for your personal development, and your growth. Like, absolutely, the the times where you're like I don't fucking know what I'm doing, which for me is like every like once a week, um, at a minimum those times I look back and go like, these were the ones when I really didn't know what I wanted or when, you know, 
when life threw up massive challenges. And this this six month block will be uh, will mm. be one of the bigger ones. Yep. But I look back and go, I'm so grateful for those times. Um, yep. We just we almost need to like give ourselves a nudge to appreciate that when we're in it. Yeah. Like, like let's remove the upon reflection part of that and go, how can I accept and appreciate this, this chapter of my life or this season as one of, it might be full of immense suffering, but it's also going to be full of immense growth, immense growth as well. Mm, yeah. It's hard to like, take a step back and take a breath when you're in the middle of it. Um, but practices like journaling and gratitude, things that build our awareness around what we're doing and the times that we're in the seasons that we're in help to just build perspective, um, which, which then highlight the, uh, I mean, it highlights the times when we, we think we're being stretched to our absolute limit, but we are actually, uh, we actually have the capacity to deal with it. Like oftentimes we, we have, oh, that we always do. We maybe just haven't been exposed to it this way before. So it requires a little bit of adaptation to adjust, but I truly believe that everyone has the ability to uh, pursue their best self and to pursue the things that they're passionate about and to get through hard times and learn from them. Found it. I found the quote. <gasps> it was yep. Freud. Funnily enough, yeah. <laughs> um, let's not dive into his other works. One day, in retrospect, the years of struggle will strike you as the most beautiful. That's awesome. Like that is the ultimate quote because it's like no matter what you're going through, you'll get through it, and you'll be able to look back at it and appreciate it. Like, yep. um, you know, some of us are more fortunate than others, and our and our worst times. Uh, aren't as bad as they maybe could be, but it's all relative. It's it's all real, like you know, it's all dependent on who we are and what we've been through. And I think if we can use the tough times and the the hard things as just opportunities to learn and grow and become more resilient and become anti fragile, we can use that those times when we fall over as opportunities to go. Okay, well, how do I fall over better next time? And how how do I make sure that you know when i fall over and, and hit the ground real hard how do i know that i'm going to get up um, and we know we're going to get up because you know what other option do we have <laughs> we don't have any other other option but if we surround ourselves with support networks and self-awareness and the coping mechanisms i don't like the word coping mechanism the what's the word for coping that isn't just staying strategies I don't know. Let's go with coping mechanisms. The coping mechanisms to to stand up and stand up stronger and stand up better. Yep. Then it's just that consistent uh, undulation of good things. Like, mm. it, like, and there's going to be times where you're feeling flat, and I need to give you a little nudge and help you up. And there's going to be times when I'm feeling flat. But this is the the best part about having doing good things with with good people in the places that we love to be because it's. Like we spoke about it with community last week. We spoke, we've spoken about it pretty much every week in, in some way, shape or form, but it's just yeah. around the find what you love to do, find people that want to support you and do it and, and move forward. Like uh, it's all the same conversation really, isn't it? 
It is, and you know, we 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 uh, were aware of that when we st- when we decided what the ten <laughs> ten weeks are, and we're like yeah. each one kind of flows into the next, and yeah. then we back and forth and stuff. So, you know, if if this is the first podcast you listen to for a while, um, you know, go back and listen to to week one to weeks or episode one to episode seven of, of this because it's um, yeah. it's all the same stuff and, and we think it's an important conversation. We think it's a conversation that we need to have, especially when things are hard at the moment because it's easy to to kind of cruise when things are, are easy or things aren't tough, um, but know that you know the nature of change, the nature of impermanence is that tough times are coming and the good times are coming. So, you know, cheers to our... Being able to go to the pub and have a, a, a poured tap beer, beautiful, frothy goodness that we'll be we'll be able to do soon. That'll be the day. Well, this is just a little win. It's just a little celebration. Like, yeah, yeah. the first bougie boy Friday is going to be where we sit sit around and have a glass of wine or have a have a frothy and go. You know, we haven't had had this for the last six months. Bring back the bougie boys, I say. <laughs> any more for any more, Simon? <laughs> Uh, let's uh, let's do it. That was awesome. Um, next week we are chatting about communication. This will be a good one. Um, oh yeah! And then uh, we have one more after that, and that's a wrap for season two. Oh, it's been probably start season fun. three the week after because it's been fun. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't forget, like, subscribe, give us a oh, little yeah, bit of a review that. and feedback because. We love it. We want to spread the message. Uh, validate my... Uh, mostly just validate know, Lachlan. Validate me. I, every time you set, write a review, I get like this beautiful burst of dopamine and it just feels good. I agree. It, like if, every, time, every time someone reviews a podcast, I buy one less book and I buy <laughs> one less thing on, on internet shopping. So, you know, please... It will his, book, his bookcase is already full, so he doesn't need that. So I just put him in the reviews. top. <laughs> uh, See ya. Good fun. Thank you. There is one more thing. It's been emotional. <laughs>